salt. They're like huge seed pods. Pod, where two friends discuss pop culture and more. Here are your hosts, Matt Haynes and Jay Norman. Okay, so we're back. It's been a minute, but we are finally back. And it has been, as we are closing out 2022, boy, what a rich year of content we got (laughs) pretty uh staggering you know i think you know the the you know the motivation for this particular pod is basically our our best of the year now that we're you know at the end of it um and boy we're going to get into some of the things that we really loved maybe some of the things we didn't love so much either (laughs) but um Wow. I mean, overall this year, I don't know if I can remember, you know, as I was like making this list of contenders for like my top 10 and then the ultimate top three, I can remember like a year that, you know, in recent memory where there's been this much good stuff. Yeah. Television. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, I had tough time uh, narrowing down to a top 10. And then, like you said, to final top three but yeah it'd be uh interesting i think some of these at least the ones i have on my list we've never talked about on the pod um but we've been gone for quite a while so yeah to be clear we we would have loved had had time and circumstance permitted we would have loved to like just done deep dives on just about everything we're going to mention here that mm-hmm. we and there's been a few that we've got that we that we did cover pretty extensively but a bunch of stuff um that we just never got to talk about yeah so do we want to do a countdown of uh the top three from three two to one yeah let's do it um and then we can do a little honorable mentions of the others of the other shows that we were going to include in a maybe a top 10 or just just an honorable mention section. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. You want to do, let's uh, reel off our our three, two, one uh, choices. <laughs> yeah. You want to go, go first with your, your number three? Um, like I said, this was difficult. A lot of things could have gone in this uh, number three slot, but ultimately I went with the old man as my number three. Yeah, and we've, we've discussed this on the pod already. I don't know how much more we, we want to add, but yeah, fantastic acting, fantastic writing, uh, fantastic action sequences, just an all around top notch show. It's uh, to get me into the the top three. I kind of was just thinking what made me, um, constantly come back to it. What made me keep thinking? I just kept ruminating about them and, the old man's definitely one of those uh, lots to talk about, lots to think about in that show. Solid choice. It was really hard for me not um, 
it was hard for me not to include the old man um, for all the reasons that um, you just mentioned there. Uh, boy, it was just right on the cusp of my top three. So it's right there. We talked about it a lot um, in a previous pod. So brilliant. Um, just really, just such refreshing, you know, storytelling and pacing and depth to the characters. And, you know, I think we just went over and over again talking about how amazing it was just to, like sit with these characters as, you know, and let them have the space to like, you know, go through minutes and minutes of lines, you know, in an individual scene, you know, just between a couple of characters, just really amazing. So, but my number three, inching out, you know, just beating out uh, the old man is Severance. Um, probably the best thing that Apple TV has done um, so far <laughs> is, mm -hmm. is uh, the Ben Stiller uh, vehicle here, Severance. Just uh, incredible. Uh, we're we're going to talk about Severance, I think, in more detail as after we get through our list. But just like you, I just I just loved. I looked forward to you know seeing the next episode of Severance. You know, mm -hmm. each week. Um, amazing show. Like I said, we'll talk about that. We'll do a, deep, a deeper dive with that after we get through our list. So yeah, throw it back to you for your number two. Uh, my number two, I feel confident this might be your number one or number two, and that's uh, Andor. And that was tough for me to put on. I kind of, cheating a little bit, I kind of thought, well, I think, I think you might put this as number one, so I'll put it as number two. And I think because it's coming up, we'll, we'll have more to say about this. We have not talked about this on the pod. We've wanted to. Um, Again, one of those things, great, great directing, great writing, great acting. This might sound, I don't know, condescending. I don't mean it to sound condescending, but this is Star Wars for adults. Yeah. I I know it's gotten some, the, the little critiques I've gotten or heard about, uh, you know, online or whatnot. I just couldn't disagree more with, with uh, you know, talking about it being boring, being too slow. Uh, those are kind of the main, the main things I've heard. If anybody's critiqued it, I mean, largely I think it's gotten praise. So, but uh, yeah, another one of those like the old man where you get to sit with these characters. There's uh, great, great speeches, great um, you know, great dialogue, uh, interesting story. I love how they move the kind of three episode arcs that they're doing really satisfying as a viewer to have that but i don't want to go on too much because i'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later yeah i mean as you know you're well aware you know i've not been shy in my keeping my praise upon andor um and yeah we'll just say well i'll just leave it at that um and uh yeah. segue to my number two <laughs> yep and it was hard not to put severance as number two um but um a bit of a wild card i guess for me is barry mm -hmm. this show and bill Hader is just so amazing <laughs> from the first time first season that it came out it, it's so wonderfully wacky and bizarre and dark and 
sad and tragic <laughs> and filled with just just some of the best characters on TV. Um, you know, it's, you know, on the surface, it's just like this brilliant, brilliantly scathing satire on Hollywood culture and, you know, this kind of ill-fated redemption arc for former slash current slash former, you know, hitman Barry, who just wants to be an actor. <laughs> Funny. Um, like I said, sad. Bill Hader is just great. Um, and this season, I think it it was grim <laughs> in parts, it, probably the most grim that this this series has been from beginning to end in a given season. Um, and it's probably due for, you know, a little bit of lightening up maybe in the, in the next season, in the fourth season, but still, I loved every minute of it. Um, it makes no apologies for not fitting into like a category, you know, it's not a dark comedy. It's got dark comedy elements, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, but it's also a drama. It's also a tragedy. Um, but and it, this season was filled with some pretty amazing scenes. I mean, honestly, one of the best <laughs> and craziest car chase scenes that I've seen on the screen in like the last decade is in Barry <laughs> season four or season three. And it's incredible. So highly recommend it. Um, I don't know if I have too, too much more to say about Barry other than it's just great. And it's also awesome that it's one of those, you know, kind of bite-sized episode series two where every 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 episode is around 30 minutes so which feels good and complete and it's just i don't know if i could if you stretched it out to like 60 minute episodes you know if i would it would feel too much you know it just it's so it's so dense with what it gives you that those 30 minute ish episodes are just perfect for it so should we move to number one then Number one, reveal number one. it to me, man. Yeah, it's no, it's no <laughs> surprise here. Severance is my number one. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was playing around with that order, but I figured I'd put that number one just because, just to be different than you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm sure, like you said, we'll we'll talk about it after you reveal your number one. It's easy to guess. It's Andor. It's Andor yeah. for me. Um, that was as much as I did really love severance and then you know barry as well of course you know andor is just was in a class you know unto itself for me personally it just struck all the right chords and uh it's the show that i didn't i didn't know i needed you know <laughs> i mean I've, i'd been excited about the andor project for a long time so you know from once we since we first heard about it um I really, I really love Rogue One. Um, I think it's one of the strongest um, films in the Star Wars franchise. Um, and I love Diego Luna. And it, it was just it was super exciting, you know, to have learned that we were going to get more of that character. And, um, you know, but I couldn't have imagined we would have gotten what we did get, which... And I gotta, I, be, I gotta be cautious because there's recency bias here. I know <laughs> we're just oh, totally, we, totally. We just finished up, but and I, I will 
happily and absolutely be going back to do doing a and or rewatch probably a couple of times before we get the next season. But Andor is in my top 10 all time of television at this point. I, it's, it's just amazing TV. It is in every episode. I was just thrilling. Well, I guess we could talk about some fa- some favorites from that, some favorite episodes from that. But uh, in particular for me, I really like the, uh, the prison story arc. Um, Andy Serkis as well was fantastic. <laughs> like, you know, and then we have the uh, obviously two of the greatest uh, monologue speeches given right in the within that same episode. Am I right? With uh, Skarsgård has the speech, and also Andy has the speech. Oh yeah, and they are and they are like back to back. It's like yeah. <laughs> you know, Andy Serkis does his, you know, Kino Loy does his, you know, total mic drop, you know, speech, <laughs> you know after being you know prodded by andor like is that all you got you yeah. know? Is, is that it you know and it's riveting mm-hmm. you know uh it's just amazing and then i i'm pretty sure it's the next scene where we see you know isb mole um yeah oh his name lonnie <laughs> the tip yeah lonnie in that long you know elevator lift ride down into the bowels of Coruscant and meeting with Luthen and Luthen does his mm-hmm. his you know, what have I sacrificed speech yeah. which has got to be I mean that's that's in my top three like Star Wars speeches of all time for sure yeah. I mean it's, it's instant classic mm-hmm. yeah and I enjoyed is it the last episode uh where Mon Mothma has the driver listening into her conversation so she's she realizes he's a spy or suspects he's a spy and purposefully has him listen it's just really smart smartly done scene just it's just done right right making her such a smart character realizing he's a spy he's listening in i'm gonna give a little misinformation about where that money's going to misdirect from act from where it's actually going um gives an excuse for her uh you know to continue uh, what she's doing to help the rebellion I, I just thought that was a fantastic scene as well and that's it's funny it's we only get a off my in that in that finale but that's it, it was a really you know just another like instance of just the economy of the storytelling here where there's only a couple of minutes here, but it's just packed full of like, of, you know, intelligent characters behaving intelligently. Um, and, you know, basically respecting your audience too, right? Like knowing that, you know, we can, we don't need to like make this, you know, so abundantly obvious of like what she's doing you know she doesn't have to have some conversation with you know vel or somebody like hey this is what i'm going to do i'm going to try and like you know no it just this just happens organically and you just you're watching the scene it's like oh this is really cool so we hopefully in season two um which (laughs) is probably 2024 yeah (laughs) we'll have an opportunity to do you know 
I would, I would love, I mean, this season, you know, had we had the opportunity, I would have loved to like done episode by episode pod. It would have been amazing just to do yeah. a deep dive. Well, Hey, we have enough time. We can always go back and do that. Maybe we'll do a rewatch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and encourage people to like go watch Andor. Um, but yeah, let's hit some high level notes here um, for the sake of some brevity, but you know, this, I just love like a sci-fi, a hard scrabble sci-fi setting, you know, like much of what we get in Star Wars in the films, it's, there's a lot of, outside of Tatooine, there's a lot of like, um, you know, sanitized environments, you know, you know, that lots of clean, you know, settings, you know, you're in, you know, destroyer you're in a you know you're in the the perfect you know metropolis in Coruscant in like you know some of prequel movies things like that but so much of Andor is like is really grounded um I really loved like the the um the texture of the um these scenes in the earlier part of the season where they're out in this you know scottish highland you know looking sort of landscape um on aldani you know getting ready for the heist um really enjoy the all the little details of and this kind of like union blue collar town you know it you know it, it evokes a lot of um you know, as as star wars you know much of star wars and the you know the much of the inspiration right is from george lucas is built around you know world war ii the nazis you know from the uniforms you know the tactics to all that sort of thing and we get a lot of that in andor but what's cool is that we don't you don't need like you didn't need like the star De star destroyers or um sith lords or things like that to like to emphasize the 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 evil of the empire and the 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 oppression that people are living under you know it was um yeah because i thought so much about like you know the uh the parallel with world war ii you know and being somebody that studied that in college you know i thought a lot about the um famous quote from uh hannah art aren't who's like a political philosopher, uh, philosopher, she was a Holocaust survivor. And, you know, she, a famous book about um, some of the Nazis that were on trial after the war. And she's the one that kind of coined that phrase, the banality of evil. And this is also something that Berg over at the in depth, which is, I highly recommend his writing, you know, an episode by episode, it's awesome um to like 
experience Andor through his lens. But Andor portrays that evil where like every day where your average kind of are caught up in this like fascist machine and start, you know, not just not just serving, you know, the the agenda, but like furthering it. You know, in the beginning, in the earlier like the corporate, the corporate guys, right, who are basically a you know extension, they're like the subcontractors for the empire, you know, and the oppression. And um, they're the ones that, you know, that come in and raid for first time trying to get Andor. But, you know, it's, it's all these, like, these average-ish people, you know, that aren't, like, force-powered, that are, you know, from, from Dedra to the, the, uh, the torture doctor, <laughs> You know, it's all these like these things that make it all the more terrifying, you know, and probably more so than seeing like, you know, Darth Vader like striding down a, you know, a, you know, a corridor in the, at least in the context that we've seen him most of the time. For lack of a better word, it's the reality of it. You know, it's taking that fantasy story and really, really grounding it in some in the dirt and the grime and the political intrigue. You know, much more kind of well, I, I don't know, mix my metaphors, but like a surgeon scalpel, whereas the films are broad strokes. <laughs> you know, about this stuff, you get some fine details in Andor and get a real sense of what it might be like to live, you know, under the Empire, under the thumb of the Empire. Yeah, and how easy it is to kind of like, you know, get used to it. You know, which is kind of the whole point of Marva's. Yeah you know, another brilliant speech, right? Marva from from the grave, you know, rallying the people of Ferrick, saying like, yeah. saying these things, saying like, you know, we got comfortable and, you know, we let these people move in and, you know, but they're not leaving. And, <laughs> you know, it's not going to get any better. And it's, you know, I, I won't do her speech any justice. I'd, I'd have to have a transcript again, yeah. you know just really stirring stuff mm -hmm. you know and on a you know just in the lens of like star wars this show i feel like elevates star wars mm -hmm. or has the potential to elevate star wars i'm, I'm not sure if it will <laughs> in future you yeah. know how much how many of the lessons of andor are going to be like incorporated into you know future star wars franchises um either big screen or series but i mean the simple things like you know making a tie fighter feel like a terrifying thing like seeing a tie fighter like that first time that you see that that tie fighter like you know roar over the the hills of baldani you know mm -hmm. there's like that visceral like oh my god that thing's huge and it's like mm -hmm. you know these people are just exposed on that hillside and you know most of the time you see it we've seen tie fighters fly around in space you know easily getting picked off you know by an x-ray yeah. you know <laughs> sparks fly and you know whatever but this is a completely different perspective yeah same with the stormtroopers i mean mm -hmm. this is you know for the first time you know probably really you've we've seen like stormtroopers like 
you know, portrayed not as like these bumbling Keystone cops where, you know, they can't shoot straight, but there's actually some, you know, malice and menace behind them, Mm -hmm. you know, where they feel, they do, they feel imposing, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you hadn't seen all the Star Wars that we've seen in years past and no, and, and had that like, you know, that impression of stormtroopers going in as they're like, oh, these guys are like basically cannon fodder. They can't do anything right. You know, if this was your first time seeing them, you'd be like, these guys are scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it does full justice to, I think, to the ethical considerations, not just of the empire, which is, you know, which I think for most people is probably more obvious, but then also the rebellion. So you have Luthien's character, really pushing some boundaries here of letting people die, uh, causing harm for this greater good. You know, this very obviously consequentialist utilitarian argument, ethical argument and grappling with that and saying, is is that okay? Is this really the right way to go about this? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's not, and it's, that's so unique for, again, for Star Wars, you know, this isn't, this isn't something that they cover, you know, very, Mm -mm. You know, it's it's pretty in in the cinema world. It's very it's pretty black and white. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and in a way, this series like retroactively kind of benefits. You know, a lot of yeah. these films, especially the original trilogy, where you know I think we joked about it before a while ago, where you know, um, probably after that episode where Luthen, you know, makes clear like the you know his you know, what he's had to sacrifice, you know, what he's had to like tolerate, you know, the damage to his soul that could never be undone. And, you know, joking about like, oh, you know, at the end of Star Wars, you know, New Hope, you know, you got, you know, shiny Luke and Han and, you know, (laughs) getting medals, you know, and um, getting the glory. But it's Mm -hmm. like, none of that could have happened without, you know, everything that came before and all these, you know, forgotten you know, people who sacrificed and, you know, we don't get to, we don't get to experience the destruction of a place like Alderaan, you know, by the Death Star, you know, because it, you you never see, you never see that there's nothing to connect us. It's just, you know, it's it's abstract. Yeah. And the character, it doesn't affect the characters in any great way afterwards either. So you don't, see much right. of that after after effect right so. yeah the scale of that atrocity is just kind of like you know it don't think about it too hard because you know <laughs> this is a this is a pg film right you know sure but for you know like you mentioned earlier on <laughs> you know for people who grew up with star wars and are now of a certain age <laughs> or mm-hmm. older you know and have matured and you know whose tastes have matured but still love you know a the Star Wars world, it's really satisfying to like see some of the stories, you know, told on a more mature level mm-hmm. and to get to meet, you know, people that, you know, that do end up paying the price, you know, that do end up, you know, sacrificing yeah, and, um, you know, adding that, you know, richness to, um, to the the world of star wars that we've known up to this point all right well i could go on and on about andor um <laughs> obviously 
anything you want to, any last thoughts? I think we should probably pivot. No. To, yeah, to we severance. can pivot, pivot over. Yeah. To severance. Okay. Let's talk a little bit of severance. Um, kick it off for me, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, we could, I, it's been, it's been yeah, a it's minute been a while. since we've, yeah. we've watched severance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on a high level, what, what about it was like, you know, made it rise so high for you? Yeah. Yeah. Again, what stayed with me, what made me keep thinking about it long after. And this is one of those shows that keeps me thinking uh, about it. Um, and I, I think it's a combination of, you know, let's, let's be honest. It's kind of the high minded philosophical stuff, which I really enjoy, you know, talking about, um, you know, personhood, what makes a person, uh, consciousness, you know, all that good stuff, even elements of kind of philosophy of religion in there and combined with also the mundaneness of office life, of modern life, and also then combined with deep character development. And so it's this really great combination of those three things for me that is just super intriguing. I was hooked, you know, from the very, very first episode. Yeah, directing Ben Stiller. I like Ben Stiller's stuff, his other stuff, but this really surprised me. It's such a great show, and it, it, also one of those shows is we're definitely going to go back and do a rewatch. I'll definitely want to rewatch, you know, the entire run before we get to the next season. Mm -hmm. But it another one of those unexpected, you know, um, shows that we got, and you know. For me, you know, from the someone who's worked a you know fair amount of his life in like a corporate world setting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of like cold, you know, sterile corporate yeah. setting in Severance, you know, struck a chord with me, you know, and kind of like, you know, exaggerating it, of course. Yeah. And then like the 1970s style styling yeah. mm -hmm. was just really cool and you know, speaks to 1970s-esque 70s 80s-esque uh tech is yeah um, particularly nostalgic you know i think for us <laughs> yeah so um those little details stylistically you know make the show really mm -hmm. amazing to watch you know on its on its surface, you know, Severance is just, it's kind of like this classic mystery box type of show, right? Like what's yeah. going on? Um, you know, you know, kind of like, you know, like, like lost or something like that. Yeah. You know, but while I was aware of that, you know, from the beginning, you know, it's very, it's easily, you know, it's established early on that that's part of what, you know, the show is. I never felt like, I was watching the show to like further figure out like what's going on with the bigger mystery. <laughs> you know, I, I like that. I enjoy that. I enjoyed like theorizing about, you know, what is Lumen Industries doing here? You know, what is, <laughs> what are the numbers, you know, you know, that sort of thing. But I was never that invested. I wasn't really caught up in like worrying about like what those things, you know, what the answers to those things were going to be. Um, and I, I wouldn't have felt unsatisfied if we, you know, didn't get, or if we don't get any like ultimate 
you know, clear answers about some of those things because I was watching week after week for just, you know, these individual characters and seeing, you know, the, you know, the decisions, you know, that they were making, you know, their day to day and the struggles that they had. And yeah, they get, they know, get the uh, kind of the great, the great kind of uh, Aristotelian dramatic question of what are they going to do next? that leads you on mm-hmm. you know that that was that's the more interesting question what are these characters going to do next yeah absolutely yeah because it's you know i f- you feel you're so like invested in these you know in these individual characters um that you you kind of feel like they do where like the the overarching like corporate world you know that they're prisoners within you know is kind of so far out of reach you know that it's just like no what's more important is like what is happening in the moment what are they gonna and what's gonna like you know trigger them next or what's gonna you know which path will they take next you know rather than you know what the what that means to the greater you know mystery of the show which i i expect will be a satisfying you know you know it's such a smartly written show that yeah i think we'll get some satisfying unique Mm -hmm. fun answers you know we've already gotten yeah some of that you know as the season first season went on and wrapped like you said it's like this this grand metaphor for modern life the mundaneness of modern life but then also like i said a little bit of philosophy of religion there this quasi-religious keener you Mm -hmm. know element there that yeah i i agree with that assessment yeah a good kind of mystery box show but maybe a a mystery box show done right where Mm -hmm. you're not kind of disappointed by I don't know the JJ Abrams uh version where you don't have a plan you just put the mystery box in and right whatever happens happens and there's nothing I get the sense that there's a little bit more of a plan here so should we pivot now to talking about some honorable mentions in our in our list here yeah let's do that let's there's we opened up by saying like how amazing this year of television yeah. was we definitely have a bigger list than our top 3 yeah Let's, let's, let's count some of them off, right? I know so, one we share that I wanted to bring up first, which is Strange New Worlds, right? Yep. Is that, that's on, that was on your short list in that kind of top 10-ish range? Yeah, absolutely. Firmly in a top 10. Didn't really contend for a top three, you know, but absolutely in a top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about Strange New Worlds, yep. you know, yeah. a few times. Mm-hmm. Some of the best Star Trek content, you know, that we've seen definitely yeah. in recent years. Yeah, definitely. So what do you have further down on that list there? Something that was um, a late edition that we just, we actually just got um, a few weeks back is the English on Amazon, right? Yeah, Um, that was on my list as well. Yeah, yeah. Emily Blunt, um, limited series, just six episodes on Amazon. Um, Really amazing visually. this portrait of the American Old West, you know, kind of the commentary on the forming of an America, you know, that we know from early years, you know, coming out of the um, immediate post-Civil War era, but focused on, um, you know, really focused on a Native American character and Emily Blunt's character, just a really 
really amazing journey um, and um, stylistically just really interesting. By the ending, it seems pretty wrapped up. It doesn't seem as if we're going to get any more of that show. Yeah, I don't. It, it definitely didn't seem like it. Um, but who knows? Maybe, you know, another show in that mm-hmm. same kind of world. Right. You know, from the same, you know, writers and directors. Mm-hmm. That could be something. Yeah, um, I'd welcome that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Going off of that, I, I'll i leave one for you. I think one one of these as well you have, but I'll go with uh, one that I was considering was Dark Winds, AMC show uh, based on a series of novels uh, by uh, Tony Hillerman. Again, that one uh, only had six episodes as well, pretty short, but I thought really, really tight uh, storytelling, really great acting. Uh, Zahn McLaren as Joe Leaphorn, uh-huh. the, main, the main character. Yep. I love him. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a good enough way to put into there, too, uh, a little segue into another one that I had considered, which was uh, Reservation Dogs, which he is also in. Just a fantastic show as well funny as hell but serious as hell too <laughs> and uh just great so yeah dark winds if you haven't seen it check it out matt i think you were the one who turned me on to it actually i hadn't i didn't know it was out and you said hey you might want to check this out yeah this is the benefit of me uh continuing to um have suffered through uh watching shows like uh in the walking dead universe on amc yeah, so i got a heads up early on <laughs> <laughs> the dark winds you know it was uh, promoted pretty heavily in the lead up and but i'm embarrassed to say that i kind of forgot about it as i was putting this list together earlier mm-hmm. this morning you know it just kind of got lost but i agree i love dark mm-hmm. winds it was a really fun show really yeah uh really engaging actor amazing actors yeah um enjoyed the setting um hey more 70s love it yeah um, right right uh i have not uh started to watch reservation dogs yet mm-hmm. it's on my short list and um yeah i'm i know i'm gonna love it so yeah yeah you will yeah so what so, else was on your list yeah so um well the old man was definitely you know mm-hmm. on my short list uh first off um we've already kind of covered that um it was close um it was probably in the top five range ish for me easily but um, what really contended to get into that top three and, uh, you know, maybe beat out Barry was The Bear Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on yep. Hulu. Um, boy, this is another show that snuck up on you. Um, yeah. uh, didn't really hear about it until like right before it came out. And I saw a lot of buzz about it early on. And then mm-hmm. um, the wife and I got on the on the train early on and immediately, you know, struck a chord with us uh such yeah amazing drama short format episodes again you know right. most episodes are 30 minutes or less i think there was one that like was a little bit longer kind of in the 40 minute ish range only up eight episodes total i believe um but again another one of the shows just really dense you know chocked full of you know incredible acting um just the drama of, I don't know. I, there's a lot that we could probably talk about with the bear. You know, it's just a, it's a really touching portrait of, you know, grief and anger and 
all taking place in like the <laughs> this amazingly chaotic scene and this this uh you know semi-hostile kitchen <laughs> you know where um that Carmi takes over uh Jeremy Allen White's uh Carmi um the bear um and yeah just a, a just a really satisfying show um and yeah a little the, crossover there too yeah, with uh, Andor yeah cousin yeah, yeah. <laughs> cousin <laughs> cousin shows up um absolutely i was thrilled um i don't have cousin's uh real name in front of me um but he's a great character actor he's been in a lot of stuff but yeah double dipping uh it yeah great show loved it Yeah, that was definitely on my list as well. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Other one I had was on there that was never really in contention to be up in that top top three, maybe not even a top five, but still kind of hit there was um, Rings of Power. Yeah, I was um, a little trepidatious about it, uh, uh, you know, wondering how it was going to, to fare. I knew it was, I mean, from the first kind of teasers, I knew it was going to look great. You know, they put in, they certainly had enough money to put into it. Um, yeah. But I was obviously just going to be more concerned with the story, storytelling, and maybe even a little worried that it was just going to be like kind of rehashing, you know, kind of the primary film, Lord of the Rings films. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I was really pleasantly surprised and really hooked by, again, by the writing and, and, and particularly, I think, by the, the acting of I don't have her name in front of me of uh, Galadriel in particular. Yeah, I um I agree. I Rings of Power is definitely up there in my I think on my top 10 probably easily. Enjoyed it a lot. Same as you. Was mm -hmm. a little, you know, scared about what we were going to get. Knew it was going to look amazing. Um and it did for the most part. Um look incredible. Um and I enjoyed it a lot. Um there was some, you know, some episodes better than others. We had some yes, yeah. straight. There was some, yeah, there were some misses throughout the uh, series as well. But on the whole, mm -hmm. really liked it a lot. Felt like the most of the loudest criticisms about it were completely unfounded. Right. Um, you know, uh, really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, yeah, smartly acted, smartly written. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, playing with timelines, you know, compressing things to kind of like make them fit in more of a, you know, digestible, mm -hmm. you know, presentation, you know, it's, you can't tell, you know, a story that takes place over like 2000 years. <laughs> you know, it's mm -hmm. like, there has to be some continuity with the characters. I understand why some of the choices were made, but I felt like, most of all, that the um, the core creators, uh, Patrick McKay and John Payne, were really like, um, you know, stay true to like the the source material, stay true to like the 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 greater like, you know, themes of Lord of the Rings. It, it felt yeah. very, I mean. I, I, I'll say this. I enjoyed this Rings of Power series far more than I enjoyed all three of the Hobbit films. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Um, that might not be a super 
yeah, high bar. But yeah. still, <laughs> yeah, it, it easily cleared it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what? It, what else did you have on your list? Just real you quick. Uh, uh, real quick, I had House of Dragon. And House of the Dragon was very good. Maybe this is more like in the top 15 range for me, um, which, you know, parts of it were probably more better well done than some elements of Rings of Power. But on the whole, I still liked Rings of Power better. I don't know. I'll have to think about that more. But um, surprised that it was as successful as it was um, being a prequel to Game of Thrones. Um, not much to say about that i had i had um for all mankind as a late addition to mm-hmm. um felt like this was another strong season of just really good sci-fi storytelling alternate history storytelling yeah. um overall i enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah i had another i kind of thought about like oh what about a this one doesn't fit because I, I actually did consider this. Um, it wasn't just in my quote unquote fun category that I was kind of making up in my mind. Like what's the little shows that I just thought were fun that I sat down and kind of not zoned out, but just let things go and just, just kind of watched and enjoyed. And this one falls, definitely falls in that category, but it, it rises for me to, to be considered in that, that top three. And it was our flag means death. I love that show. Again, hilarious, but but also surprisingly heartfelt, touching, and serious at times. Uh, Reese Darby, I've I've you know, loved him. You know, my real first introduction to him was in Flight of the Concords, the yeah. HBO series. Loved him uh, since then, and he's fantastic in this. Taika Waititi is is, is just great. Um, <laughs> just 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 so much fun you know but the surprising part was you know the the tremendous heart of the show and my other fun i had other those in that fun category that don't rise these ones don't rise to and i never really would consider them in a top 10 or or anything like that but it's like hmm, this, these were really fun and uh, some of those were like miss marvel and moon knight mm-hmm. i enjoyed those they were just fun um you know pretty much appointment television where it's like, Oh, this is, this is nice. As they came out, I really enjoyed watching them. Moon Knight slightly more serious of a show, although it definitely had its uh, comedic elements, but um, more serious on that. Miss Marvel was much more, you know, John Hughes, teenage, teenage angst and, uh, and, and comedy. uh, And I enjoyed that. And then a more recent show uh, Wednesday, which is another one of those for me, really fun, bingeable show since that one's on netflix and all the episodes dropped dropped at once yeah <laughs> i love them all they all they they're all right there with me though i haven't started watching wednesday yet um mm-hmm. but that's on the list for sure yeah i agree with everything you said about our flag means death uh i came to that show late i think we started watching the first um season earlier this year and then um and then thoroughly enjoyed you know follow-up um it's yeah really amazing really great um you said it well um what we do in the shadows from our friend um jermaine clement is was typically brilliant and hilarious and um high quality this latest season as well that made it in 
in my fun category too. But yeah, I agree with um, Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. Um, out of you know what we saw from this recent string of Marvel um, series, they were probably the most you know enjoyable overall for me. Um, probably mostly because they they felt largely unencumbered by the weight of that greater Marvel universe, you know, that really bogged down some of the other shows that we've seen from on Disney plus like Hawkeye and winter soldier and yeah. Or even she Hulk, she Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I like she Hulk. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed she Hulk yeah. a lot, but um, it did. It still had the weight of, I think the Marvel cinematic universe, yeah. but they, because they're bringing in those characters and, making yeah. those connections whereas moon knight and miss marvel that that was you know they were more kind of contained yeah in their own kind of part of that 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 world right yeah absolutely yeah and unfortunately she hulk did stuff for that where um those were definitely the the weakest elements of that series were mm. where it had to kind of like you know do this you know the service of the greater Marvel enterprise, you know, right. rather than just let it be its own thing. So, yeah, I so, mean, that's, uh, that's yeah. what I got. That's yeah. my list. So I, I, I don't, we are the salt, we are the salty pod. So we need to end it with some salt. Yeah. Let's, let's stay true. <laughs> Time permitting. Let's, let's quickly get into maybe some disappointments from the year. <laughs> Not necessarily like the worst of the year. I don't want right. to, you know, we don't yeah. need to talk about like bad shows. Typically we don't want you, you watch, yeah couple episodes of that show and then you like drop it but there's i've got some disappointments and i think our disappointments probably align at least some mm -hmm. of the top ones um right off the bat for me it's you know the uh the yin to the yang or the <laughs> from, <laughs> from, from andor is obi-wan kenobi <laughs> yeah obi-wan yeah. kenobi was not bad no, and there were things about it that I enjoyed, but looking at it in a post andor lens, yeah, boy, <laughs> what a missed opportunity! I feel like you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I know we talked a bit a bit about it before, and I wish they would have gone the route where they tried to do a film noir like version of Obi Wan. Again, maybe doing what we were talking about with some of those other Marvel shows that succeeded, that we thought succeeded, pushing away from the main part of the universe and going into its own particular uh, part of that world and not getting caught up in, you know, the bigger elements of the um, prequel trilogy or the bigger original trilogy. Having said that, too, it was super nice. I, I enjoyed seeing Hayden Christensen back, mm -hmm. you know, in the role and, you know, some of those elements really worked. I thought and it worked much better for me than any of the prequel stuff. So yeah, but yeah. just disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. Um, yeah. It just, it, it, it felt, you know, much like we were saying about the Marvel series, you know, that it felt bogged down by, mm -hmm. you know, the greater weight of the star Wars universe, the things that came before um, the, the need to like do, you know, have a, meet the fan service quota, you know, yeah. for any given episode. Um, yeah, it, it just, 
yeah, for something, for a show that had been rumored for a long time and then was in development for a long time and then, you know, highly anticipated. Yeah, it just, it fell flat, you know, more often than, you know, you would have hoped. Mm-hmm. And and again, like I said, after seeing the kind of stories that can be told in this universe that don't involve Sith Lords and Death Stars <laughs> with Andor, you know, yeah. it's it's hard not to look at Obi-Wan and feel like, wow, just a real missed opportunity mm-hmm. with a beloved character and one of the, you know, the best actors to have, you know, yeah. played a role in this franchise. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll close it with one other disappointment. and. It's hard to say it, but Picard, Picard, yeah, season two, um, in, and in some ways, Picard in general, um, mm-hmm. and this was this for me, watching the old man mm-hmm. had me thinking about Picard a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it was because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't terribly too long after you know the end of the season for Picard had wrapped up that we got the old man, but the parallels of seeing you know a an older actor you know who in the old man who is you know has this like rich history of like who he was as a younger man this rich history much of it we don't know you know early on um in that series but this rich history of what he's done as a younger man um his capabilities and how he's still capable you know, within limitations as an older man. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to see more of that with Picard and how mm-hmm. they wrote this this Picard character at this stage of his yeah, of his his life. There's kind of a half-assed attempt at that, I guess, in the first season where you know he's dealing with like a terminal disease, yeah. but then he gets a new body and it's very it f- feels very cheaply resolved. Yeah. I agree. It was definitely a chance for them to kind of lean into the old chess master aspect of his personality, which is already there in the original new next generation television series and the films. We have an older actor. We're not going to make him an action star. So we'll put the younger, younger bucks and in to do some of that, that work. But Mm -hmm. Star Star Trek, I think at its best is a thought provoking intellectual show. Yeah. And I kind of wish Picard had leaned into his intelligence as uh, ways out of, you know, the whatever um, obstacles they put in front of him. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would have just, I would have just loved to see some of those old man ish um, scenes, you know, long scenes, two actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having a long conversation, you know, with Patrick Stewart doing the acting here, you know, giving an opportunity, you know, yeah. him grappling with something from his past, whatever. Um, instead, we get, on, for the most part, I feel like we get a lot of kind of somewhat elevated TNG style, you know, episodes yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that made me think about, you know, my disappointment in Picard was actually another film that Patrick Stewart was in was Logan. Yeah, right. A few years back, right? So here's Logan telling kind of a standalone story in the X-Men universe with Hugh Jackman playing an aging Wolverine who's a little worse for wear, Mm -hmm. but so is Patrick Stewart's Professor X. Right. And, you know, 
it's very different from all the other X-Men content, you know, in cinema universe that we've seen and which most of it's not that great <laughs> but but right. logan's very very good mm-hmm. and again it's like i f- felt like this was such an opportunity to do something a little different you know and to you know lean into the strengths of your your headlining actor and patrick stewart for at the stage that he's at now rather yeah. than where he was you know 25 yeah. years ago but we've got another season. Things could turn around a bit. Yeah. Um, and the last season. Yeah, we got a final yeah. season. Uh, so I don't want to pile on too much on Picard. I still enjoy it. Yeah, I did too. But man, we want it to be better. <laughs>